0: life a thousand stories Stand up. you came and rescued me I was bound by all my sin when your love came and set me free and now my soul can sing a new song now
1: my heart
0: has found a home. now your grace is
1: always with
2: Happy Father's Day, so this is like uh, last week. I talked about you know our nation and how we have all these crazy, wacky holidays. I mean, twelve hundred national holidays. So today is National Go Fishing Day. It's That's National Splurge Day, and it's National Turkey Day. Oh, wow. Most importantly, it's Father's Day, right? Yeah. So, so if you guys go, you can do a trifecta: go buy something you really always wanted, go fishing, get some turkey. And to make it really good, you can go to the Cecil, Danzel, Cecil Dancer site and go watch uh, Chad dance. That, that's perfect. If you don't know who Chad is, that's, that's Cooper's dad. So.
3: All right, everyone. Good to see you here today. Uh, some, some interesting weather this week, right? Um, but, um, and some interesting stuff this week, right, in just life. So um, we just see it. It gets crazier all the time in our world. Uh, but aren't you glad that um, we don't have to trust in the world but the one who holds in his hand and that's what we're here to do and we're here to worship our heavenly father today our daddy jesus said pray daddy abba um so that's an intimate relationship with our father so we want to do that so let's open up our prayer today lord god um who is our daddy we just want to come to you today and just um one of the reasons why we lift up our hands is just like little kids who just need to get higher who just need to um need something um, who are, are tired of the stuff down here and they want to be lifted up. God, we raise our hands to you and we just say, lift us up, father daddy, lift, pick us up and, and help us to see things from your perspective. Keep us close to you. And God just, um, help us see things in a different way. Help us see things with your eyes and help us just embrace what you have for us here today. Um, for all those, as uh, the front of our bulletin said, for all those who, who, uh, or either biological or those who have filled the role um, one way or the other, socially or spiritually. God, we give you praise for all those fathers and all those people who have who've not only um, been that way because of genetics and other things, but have been that way because of you, that they are, are your light here. We give you praise for that. And God, ultimately, we give you praise for your son, Jesus Christ, that when all else fails in life, we know we have hope through him. And for that, we give you praise in Christ's name. Amen.
0: You are God. Alright, I need some help here. You gotta help me out. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. In holiness, you stand secure through God's for shifting Changed by all the vanities of man. And as the nations rise and fall, your sovereignty remains. You are, you are, you are the one true God. From everlasting. You are God, everlasting, everlasting, everlasting. You are God, in faithfulness, Your love extends. those who call upon your name and every generation joins in songs of grateful bread so And it overwhelms And I never And I never ever have to be afraid For one thing He made Your love never fails It never gives up It never runs out on me Your love never fails It never gives up It never runs out on me it never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me.
3: Lord God, we just thank you that with everything in life and all the things that don't make sense, that your love never fails and never gives up. And so, God, during this time together, as we celebrate joys, we celebrate concerns, we celebrate baptisms and all kinds of things. God, we just um, and we celebrate lives of those who have gone on before us, who worship in the, with the church triumphant today. God, we go ahead and just praise your holy name for you make all things possible. In your name we pray. Amen. So our children, stay here right now because we're going to have a, a, a baptism again today. But while you're, while you're sitting down, go ahead and say hello to someone around you. All right, um, I'm going to ask Debbie to come on up, our lay leader, and then I'm also going to ask the parents and any sponsors for Alexander Robert McPherson to come up, okay? Make sure you bring him too. All right, You guys can stand on this side if you'd like, right there in the light so everybody gets to see you. All right, there you go. All right, wonder if I'll make him mad this week, okay? All right, brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we personally and together acknowledge the saving grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. This saving grace, salvation, is God's free gift. It is offered to us without a price. But as I reminded you last week, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, it's not cheap. We cheapen it, by, but we forgot that it cost Christ his life. So it's not cheap, it's a cost of his life. So. Through baptism, we are identified in Christ and His church and incorporated into God's mighty salvation. The water symbolizes washing and cleansing, for in Christ we are made pure from sin. The water serves as a sign as was circumcision in the Old Testament of entering into the covenant of faith. Children are a gift of God, and Psalm 127, verse 3, proclaims, sons are a heritage from the Lord, children are a reward from Him. As believers, we are called to recognize that children belong first and foremost to God, and God in His goodness gives us to them it gives us, as parents, as gifts to us. They not only have the awesome responsibility of caring for this gift, but also have the wonderful privilege of enjoying the gift because children belong to God and are given by grace as gift to parents. It is proper that we go ahead and dedicate the child back to the Lord. All right? So you guys have had to take care of some diapers and some feeding and stuff, right? Just a little bit. Okay, now we're got, we've got the physical. Now we've got to do the spiritual. Go ahead, Debbie.
4: We are told... In First Samuel 1, that Hannah presented her son Samuel to the Lord. In Luke 2.22, we read that Mary and Joseph brought their baby Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem in order to present him before the Lord <laughs> in the same way. Ian and Rebecca today bring their son, Alexander Robert McPherson, along with the family. Ian and Rebecca present first themselves and ultimately Alexander before the Lord our God. We are here today to recognize as the body of Christ, Alexander, being brought by his mother and father to be baptized. As the family of God, we recognize God's love that is already at work in his life. We pray for the day when Alexander will mature and respond to the saving grace of God, accepting Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord, and pledge himself to a life of faithful discipleship.
3: Okay, bow with me, if you will, for a blessing over the water. Uh, Father, look down upon your church. And unseal for us the fountain of baptism by your Holy Spirit, bless this gift of water, bless Alexander who receives it, so that in it and through your sacrament of baptism, your Holy Spirit will guide and protect him all the days of his life through his journey with Christ. Amen. All right, so I got some questions for you guys. Ready? Got to pass the test. It's the hazing ritual, right? Okay, here we go. In Rebecca, as members of the covenant community of God, through your own confession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, will you nurture Alexander in Christ's Holy Church, that by your teaching and example, that second part is the hard one, the <laughs> example, um, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself to profess his faith openly and lead to a Christian life. If you do so, say, we will. Okay, good. All right. So you know what they said, right? I'm going to test you. They said that they um, have a, professed their own faith in Christ and that they want to raise This little guy right here with lots of hair. I'm envious. Um, In in Christ's church. Okay, so now your turn. You ready, guys? You ready? Remember I said last week with sports? Are you ready? Oh, That's a little bit better. There we go. Okay. To the rest of you, the covenant community of faith gathered here. Will you surround Alexander and his parents and those before you with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God? If so, say we will. That was good. Okay, so what you guys said is that if they choose to raise Alexander here um, and to to need that help with raising him in in the church, that you will go ahead and provide that. That means you'll do things like you've never done before. Like... You may be 75 and decide it's a time to do nursery, okay, to make sure that the parents can worship God or, or whatever. Maybe that you teach Sunday school or join in VBS or something like that, okay? Um, so whatever it is. Or for those of you who are really close to them, it means if they aren't doing what they said they're going to do, that you're going to get after them and you're going to do it and you're going to help them do it, right? Okay, so it's a big responsibility. All right, come here, big guy. Come here. Oh, there we go. Calm down. I've had five. Everybody's awesome. All right. Before I had any, you could have been concerned, but now it's all good, right? How you doing, buddy? All right. So Alexander, Robert McPherson, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hey, buddy. Ready? Here we go. Ready? Jesus, draw me close. Closer, Lord, to you, let the world around me fade
0: away, Jesus, draw me
3: close, Close, closer, Lord, to you, for I desire to worship and obey, how's that, there we go, (laughs) I'm going to take him for a little walk. Come on. You want to go see some people? All right, let's go see some people. There you go. Say hi. See you right there? What do you think? See them back there? You ain't smiling at them like you did me, are you? All right, there we go. Take a look here. See them all? What do you think?
1: There
3: you go. What do you think? All right. So that all these people said we will, right? So remember that. All right. So here you go. Who wants it, mom or dad? Mom's. Mommy's getting him. There you go. You got him. Thank you. There you go. All right. So for here, here we go, dad. Since mom took him, we'll let you have this. Got a flower for mom and a certificate. That's wet now. That'll be, that'll be good thing. It's not ink anymore. So all right. Congratulations, and let's uh, let's welcome them all into the church into the church and helping them. So. At this time, our children can go ahead and leave for our Sunday School Shoreline Ministry. And if you don't, aren't quite sure where to go, if you're visiting, just head out there. Somebody will be there to help make, make you get where you need to go. All right? So the rest of us, let's look at some of our announcements and go, move to our time of prayer concerns and other uh, types of things. All right. So here we go. Um, okay. Uh, Joanna Shea. Oh, wait. I'm, I'm ahead of myself. Let me do some announcements. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, Okay, visitors, welcome. If you're visiting here for the first time or you visited for a couple weeks and you haven't been able to go ahead and fill out the card, hopefully you received the card. If you didn't, um, we have them out here. Uh, we have a small gift for you. Um, you can't get any money out of it. I'm sorry. But um, it's a small gift, just as a token of us appreciating you being here. We want to welcome church online. You may be the first time or you may be a regular viewer. Um, welcome. We're glad that you're a part of our, our church online, whether it's through our website or through Facebook Live. We're just glad that you're here. But anyway, we're, we're thrilled you're here. Number one, chill out, relax, and have a good time. That's what we want you to do. Have a good time and connect to the Lord. A um, couple different things here. Uh, you can follow up with Stephen Ministry as well. Um, one of the things that we have is a, is a ministry in our church called Stephen Ministry. If you are hurting, if you need somebody to come alongside you, many, many years ago there was a man who was a psychiatrist or a psychologist um, he went ahead and was a Christian, he became a pastor, and he wanted people to be able to, sh- to share, and he wanted to lay people to have significant training to be able to help people through all kinds of things, whether it be death or divorce or um, just recovery from surgeries. Or sometimes life gets hard and you just need somebody to talk to, right? And so they're, they're trained. It's confidential, but they, it's free, and they are here for you. And that's what we want to do. Um actually, um, uh, somebody's down, Joanna is down there. There you are. How was it? Amazing. She just came back from a week-long training um, in Florida, and so, um, so we're excited about that. We have several Stephen ministers. They're here to pray with you after church, but they can also be glad to form a relationship with you if you need somebody to be there. And I know um, many people have benefited greatly from Stephen ministry, not only at our church but around the world. So please plan to um, connect to that. It, again, if you have any questions, you can contact me or also Donna as well. Vacation Bible School starts this week. You got to queue it up, Melinda? Let's go, let's show some VBS stuff.
2: Are you ready for a totally unique VBS adventure? You've never seen anything like this. Welcome to a place where kids will build, explore, and discover that they were made by the ultimate creator. God, this is Maker
0: Fun Factory.
5: Today's kids are so creative. This BBS shows kids what a unique and wonderful creation they are.
3: Everything's so hands-on, even the decorations.
0: We got to make the snacks and even invent our own games. That was so much fun.
3: This totally helps kids discover that they were intentionally created, that God has a really big plan for their life. I like seeing the kids that were inventors.
2: It's great to see kids' imaginations running wild.
3: I've never been to anything like this before.
2: It's amazing to think of the change this is gonna
0: have on kids as they go back to their daily lives. They'll live differently, knowing that God created them
3: and has a purpose for their life.
0: I can't wait to come back again.
3: All right, so um, if, you, if you know anybody, I don't care whether it's your first time here, you just walked in the door. Um, if you have friends in your neighborhood that have never been here, that's fine. This is for anybody, um, for the kids, for the kids' age, and they'll have a great time. And, um, and so uh, if you have any questions, you can see my, my wife, she'll go ahead and help you there. All right, so there is a volunteer meeting after church, immediately after church, um, probably in this area somewhere, so hang out. Uh, if you can go ahead. Um, sun, summer Sunday school substitutes, uh, If you're, um, again, you can see the information in your bulletin about there. We want to give our Sunday school teachers a break during the summer as they do it all the time uh, throughout the year, and we want to give them a little bit of break, okay? Um, one of the other things that you do have in your bulletin, we mentioned this several weeks, and the guest speaker is today, me. Um, so, um, I'm going to talk, I am going on the mission trip as well, um, and so i um, we're excited about that. It's coming soon, um, August the 5th. And I know there's several um, people that are going now. Um, we can see how many are we up to? 16, right? 16 people that are going. You can see the cost for that. I want to thank everyone already for going ahead and, and helping, um, helping give to that. Um, but you can still um, do, You can connect in many ways. Some are called to go, and that's 16 of us. And then others are called to give. Um, if you want any more information about that, you can see that um, I know you can talk to Jill in the back or, or Jim or somebody else, and, it, um, and it's, just, it's just a great opportunity. Main thing is we want you to go ahead and pray for the team. Uh, pray for the team um, from now until we come back and everything else, but also um, if you also um, want to donate, that would be greatly appreciated. And you have until December 31st. If you want to go ahead and give those, give those, it helps out a lot, um, immensely. So we're, we're getting there, but we... Um, and the impact that we're going to make is going to be incredible. A couple other things we have on our back. The annual baby bottle drive. Um, we went ahead for the pregnancy center. We got baby bottles, filled them up with um, change, money, checks, whatever. Um, today is supposed to be the last day. I, I know many of you probably forgot, right? It's also National Forget Your Baby Bottle Drive Day. Um, so, um, but um, it's another holiday. I just invented it. Um, so if you did that, that's fine. If you want to give a donation, it goes to the pregnancy center. Um, and so... Um, we we do that every year. You can uh, contribute there. Parish Foundation. Are we good, Mike? Yes. Okay. Parish Foundation. We're good. Um, and so we're we're thrilled to continue to to give to the Paris Foundation. All right. Um, prayers. We want to lift up a couple of prayers here. Uh, Joanna Shea asked for, uh, thanks for Haven for all your prayers and support as she went to the Stephen Ministry Training. And um, also um, thanks for all the cars and prayers. Um, Debbie Chadwick uh, said things are um, doing better. Right. Doing better, um, and as Debbie writes on everything, power prayer. Right, the power of prayer works. Okay, so we want to go ahead and continue to um, lift people up. I know uh, Mark, we want to continue to lift you up in prayers as your father passed away, correct? And we want to lift them up. And again, um, many of you know, um, and if you have not heard, Bonnie Racine, who was right here with us last week in church, passed away this week, and so she is worshiping with the Lord today in heaven, and um, and she would not want to be anywhere else, not even here with us, um, so she's where she wants to be, and we're thanking God for her life, okay, and continue the prayers for everybody else who's gone through loss and all kinds of other things. Also pray for my kids as they come home sometime from Firefly, um, and Melissa and I went for a day, and I found out I'm really old, okay, so just to let you know, um, so I've, I was more like a ladybug or something, I don't know, huh? like a cockroach, I guess, um, but <laughs> it's all good, so all right, so we good? let's go to Lord and Lord in Prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we just um, bask in your presence and are so thrilled by your grace. Um, It's amazing. And so, God, um, as we come to you today, um, some of us have heavy hearts. Some of us have joyous hearts. Um, Some of us don't know what we're feeling. But, God, um, we know that you are a mighty, mighty God. You love us unconditionally. Um, And so, God, just make yourself real to us. Even more real during this time. For those prayers that we lifted up, um, God touched people's lives, whether it be joys of celebrations with you or whether it be um, challenges that we're facing because life is never the same. Whatever it may be, God, we know that uh, you have the answer and it's in your son, Jesus Christ. With all the challenges of life and the joys of life, God, there are so many things that we are thankful for. In the midst of loss, as we shared today as, a, as individual families and as a church and as friends, God, we recognize the loss of loved ones left leave void for us, but we give you praise that we had them in our lives to touch us in so many ways. And so, God, um, as we continue in this, um, in this world today, we want to take time to give you thanks for the many blessings that you've given to us. And we want to do that, yes, through our prayers, through our service. At this time, God, we're going to just stop and give thanks for, for the gifts that you've given us, the financial resources that allow us to go ahead and, and reach people around the world, that give us financial resources to go ahead and send people to Stephen Ministry Training so that they can come back and, and be able to give to this community. For many of us, we've said, God, this community is not like it used to be. And so, God, we just pray that your church will rise up, your church universal, come together and bring the word of the Lord to so many people. So anoint your tithe and our offerings at this time. So it doesn't stay here, but it goes to our community and around the world to touch lives and change them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
2: So as we know, um, you know, we lost our, our dear Bonnie this, this week. Um, and, you know, this, uh, this song that we're doing right now is, was, was pretty much her and Tom's song. Um, you know, and that was my last conversation with her. Uh, was Sunday for last, she said, hey, Wayne, when are you going to do river again? You know, had I known that today would be the day I do the river. So, um, in fact, you know, I mean, I, I, think, I think a lot of folks knew about her condition. I didn't know about it. She didn't tell me. I, I think that was by her, by her design. I think that she, you know, didn't want me to, to, to do it because of, because of her condition, just do it because I wanted to, or, just for her you know, as a person you know so um, in fact last week I you know she was looking right at me you know and I knew she wouldn't tell me something you know I, I didn't have time to go back and talk to her and see what she wanted but she was giving me that look like you know anybody who knows Bonnie she has that look right and she'll look at you and say I need to talk to you about something you know so I think she, maybe she wanted to tell me her condition and say you know, you know if you can really sing this song to me I'd really appreciate it you know um, and if she had called me in my house I would take my guitar over there and just play it for her you know I, I, I wouldn't hesitate it so, I'm gonna ask you all stand up for this song. Um, we're gonna all honor Bonnie with this song right now. Um, you know, we're we're gonna try not to cry because <laughs> we love Bonnie um, with all our hearts. So.
0: I need Just Jesus.
5: I'll be reading from Daniel, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, New International Version, the writing on the wall. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for thousands of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, So that the king and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched as the hand, the hand as it wrote.
3: you like that don't you all right so here we go week three i switched um what i was going to do um Sorry, water. Um, I switched what I was going to do uh, this week just because of how life goes, and just I felt um, that this was kind of fitting a little bit more. If you're visiting with us today, uh, can everybody hear me okay? Okay. If you're visiting with us today, we've been doing a series on the book of Daniel. And last week, um, last week we kind of talked about uh, Daniel and the lion's den, right? A little bit. And we talked about three guys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and you get extra points if you remember their Hebrew names. Um, who were uh, thrown into a fiery furnace and didn 't even smell like smoke, um, so that 's good, um, so then we talked about them, and um, so we in the first week we talked about how culture will change try to change who you are and that 's what this whole series is based on how to have godly living in ungodly, um, in ungodly times, and so that 's where we are so um, Daniel is divided the first half of the book uh, is. That Daniel is based in history, and the last part of it is prophetic. So we've been bouncing back and forth through some of these, and so we're going to skip a chapter this week, and then we're going to come back to it next week. Okay? So, but this week I wanted to go to Daniel chapter five, verses one through five. I have that printed in your bulletin. It's a, it's a mistake in there. It's not three one through six. It's uh, five one through five. So we're going to go here. We have another king now. Remember, Daniel had lived through. He was in. He was being a good young Hebrew boy um, in. Israel, uh, the king came in, one of the kings came in, took him away, right? Anybody remember that king's name? Nebuchadnezzar, very good, there you go, you get it. You get the points. Took him and a whole bunch of others and, and worked them into, uh, into their culture in Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq, so they went from Israel to Iraq. Uh, see, they've still been having problems with each other to this day um, from there, but they went ahead and did that, went through a lot of things. And so now we have Belshazzar. Now, Belshazzar, it'll say, is Nebuchadnezzar's son, but it's actually probably his grandson. It's in a lineage, but don't worry about that. Um, that doesn't mean much at all. So here we have, where we pick up here. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. Now, anytime you see drinking or drunkenness, it doesn't just mean that they're, they're hammered, drunk, or whatever. It's, just, it's used for kind of like a non-caring attitude, like, woo! I'm just living life. Ah, Who cares, right? That's just kind of what it is. So hold on to that. We'll come back to it, all right? So here's what we said. He uh, was drinking wine. He gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. So in Jerusalem, there were special... You also read about the lampstand in here. There were special furniture and elements that were used only for worship of God. Nebuchadnezzar went in, took it all, because it was gold and bronze and other things, took them all, brought it back in his palace, and here's what he does with it. He fills it up for wine so that the king, his nobles, his wives, and his concubines may drink from them. So in other words, he is taking the things that were made and set apart for God, that were made to be holy, and he's using them for his own glorification. It says, so they brought the gold goblets. "...that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, his wives and concubines drank for them. As they drank the wine, they praised the little g, gods of gold and silver, and of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. And suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster wall near the lampstand, there's the lampstand, in the royal palace... And the king watched as the hand wrote. So now, I'm not sure what happened, but here you have they're sitting there, they're partying up, having a great time. Woo! Yeah, life at a party. Then all of a sudden, this hand. Now, I don't know whether it like came out of the wall and went like, mm, right? I don't know whether it was like, just like fingers that went, you know, I don't know whether it was like an Adams family and it was a box and it crawled up on the wall and did that thing. I'm not sure, but God to, chose to do it this way. He did this one time that I know of. Um, if I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to have the exact same reaction today if God starts writing it on the wall as the king did. So here's what happened. I'm going to give you some extra things that aren't in your bulletin. and you, Hopefully everybody has a bulletin. You can follow along. Here's some extra stuff because I want you to know the whole story. So when he saw this, the king saw it, and it says his face turned pale, and he was so frightened that his legs began to um, knock together, you know, came together. So he's partying off. hand, all right, and he saw that, and then his knees were knocking. The king summoned his enchanters, astrologers, diviners, and then he said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means, um, will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck. Purple was hard to dye back then. It wasn't like you went to Walmart and got whatever you wanted, purple. Um, they, it, t- you had to have lots of money to have purple, okay? It often came from, like, shells um, and all kinds of other things, like um, from crustaceans and, like, sea snails. And Anyway, you don't care about that. So anyway, um, it cost a lot of money to get it, okay? So they'd have a gold chain, and he will be made third highest ruler in my kingdom next to him and the queen. Right? That's how they went. So whoever finds this is going to get some money. Now, no one knows what's written on the wall. They, they don't know it all. The, the, his Sorcerers, diviners, all those can't figure it out. Um, because, and one of the main reasons is when God has something, a lot of times he'll just shut people out until he wants you to know and to the ones who follow him. For instance, after Jesus rose from the dead, he's walking down Emmaus with people. They were buddies of his. They didn't know him, didn't see him, but when he broke the bread, then he said, okay, here I am. You with me? So God can do this stuff, all right? So the queen was sitting there, and she goes, hey, remember uh, remember Nebuchadnezzar? He got that guy Daniel. Remember, Daniel was 16 when he was first taken into captivity. He lived through four kings and was well advanced in, in, age, in, in age in his 80s or 90s. So... They went ahead, and they go ahead, and in 13, if you have a Bible, you can look through 13 or 16. You can also download the app. It says Daniel was brought before the king, and he said, are you the one of the exiles that my father picked? He's like, yep, you got me. He said, hey, I heard that that your God can go ahead and help you interpret things. I need you to explain it. I've, I've gone ahead and said, hey, anybody who does this will be third in my kingdom. I'll give you purple and a big Gold wrapper chain um, like you'd have around your neck, like a of Flav chain. Um, and if you remember that. Um, so he'll have that around his neck. And when he's doing that, um, you'll get this and you'll get lots of money and all kinds of other things here. All right? So this is what's going on. And he says, I'll get that. Daniel said, you can keep your gifts. I don't need any of that mess. But um, you can give those rewards to somebody else. But nevertheless, I'll tell you what it says on the wall. So this is where we're, we're coming to. He says. So he goes ahead and he said, gives him this whole discussion about what's going on. Um, God, the Most High gave your father, Nebuchadnezzar, in charge of things. Now, what we're going to talk about next week is really what you should know about now, but don't worry about it. I'm going to tell you a little bit. Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't worship God, and one time he said, look how awesome I am. I am the man. I am Nebuchadnezzar. I'm greater than God. When he did that, God said, we'll see. God made him head out for seven years. He kind of lost his mind and was running around. And he was like animalistic. Okay, that happened for seven years. And so this is something that King Belshazzar now will know. He'll know what, he, what Daniel's saying. He's saying, remember your daddy? Remember that, that Nebuchadnezzar guy? Remember when he said that he was greater than God? Kind of what you're doing now. Let me tell you what happened. Let me just remind you what happened to him. Okay, so he goes through all this kind of stuff. Now we're up here in t- verse 22. Okay, it says, but you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourselves, though you knew all this. So again, he's reminding him what... Nebuchadnezzar did, and says, you need to stop playing games with God. We're going to talk about that next week. So he said, you're doing the same thing. And now this key verse, I want you to look at this next key verse. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. So what we're seeing here in this section of Scripture is that when we we do the things that they are doing, when we do the things that Nebuchadnezzar is doing, in a way, when we, when we embrace the culture around us more than we embrace God, we actually set ourselves in opposition to God. And that's what Nebuchadnezzar is doing. So this is a great warning for us now. God always provides a warning before he, gives, before he nails you. So, he says, You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives and your concubines, drank from them. You praised the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, And stone which cannot hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds, look at this, who holds in your hand your life and all your ways. In other words, they were giving themselves away. I want you to to listen to this and think of the culture around us. They were giving themselves away, their lives away to stuff, stuff that is not life giving, but often is life taking. And the one who gave life and the one who holds life, they went ahead and went against. You see the pattern here that's going on? So here's what he says. So, in other words, now he says, and now you're seeing the handwriting on the wall. How many of us have ever used that statement in our lives, handwriting on the wall? It's a collo- collo- colloquialism. It's a saying, okay? Um, all right. <laughs> colloquialism, did I get it? Yay, Woo. all right, handwriting, okay. Um, it's one of those things. And, and what that means, whenever we hear that, it means what? Look out. Okay, you got the handwriting on the wall. If you get bills that say eviction, you got the handwriting in a paper, but you also have the handwriting on the wall. Oh, it's there, okay? So we, we look at that. It means something's coming. Doom or something is coming, so look out. Daniel, I'm going to do a couple more scriptures, and then we're going to get into a couple other things. So this is what the inscription that was written is. Look at this. Many, many, tackle Parson. Or you might see Perez, because Perez is, Parson is the... Plural of Perez, or if you're using King James, it'll say uparsan. Many, many tekel uparsan. Right? Okay, anybody want to interpret that today? (laughs) No, you're just like everybody else um, in the kings. No one could figure it out. And it's kind of funny because it really didn't mean much to them, the Babylonians. So you can see, I want you to look at this. A lot of times we miss out on God's sense of humor. But here's God. He's like, look at them. They're taking my goblets. They're taking my things. And he's partying up with my stuff. Okay. I want you to go. Gabriel, Gabriel, Messenger Angel, probably his hand. He said, I want you to just throw a hand out, like, boom. And I want you to just start writing. Many, many teckle parson. Many, many teckle parson. What's that mean, God? I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Many, many Teckle parson. Like gloopa, gleepa, gloppa, globin, any deaf leopard fans, right? All right. So, I mean, it might be something like that, like eeny meeny money mo. I don't know, but God was just like, watch this. boop And no wonder he's like, what in the world is that? He probably looked at the wine, looked up again, you know, and then and there's writing on the wall. So he, he writes on the wall this thing here. I think it's interesting here. He says, this, this is what this means. In those words, there is a prophetic warning for Belshazzar, but also for us that we need to hear. And so we're going to look at these words real quickly in our time left today and go ahead and share. Mene actually means... Many people believe that it was actually written in Hebrew and the Babylonians wouldn't have known. So that's one of the ways that um, Daniel was able to do that. But look what it says. Many actually means numbered. And this is what was written. Look what it says. um, If we look at that uh, scripture there. Many, God has numbered your days of your reign and brought it to an end. This is the warning that he's getting right now. You see, because they had some of the best... City walls ever. They had walls and and doors made out of bronze. You couldn't get in. There were invading armies from outside. So here we have Babylon, which is in modern-day Iraq. And then you have the Medes and the Persians who are in modern-day Iran. Isn't it interesting? They still don't like each other. Now you know why. Okay? Uh, And they've been fighting from the beginning of time. And so your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. And this is what you're dealing with here. And this is one of the things that we tend to forget in life. We tend to forget that our days are numbered. So why is that important? It's important because so many of us in our culture exist as if there is no end to our lives. We live that way constantly. That There is absolutely no end. That we live in a way that we think we have tomorrow and we don't. But one of the things that God wants to remind us here is that our days are numbered. And, And in doing so, it's important because here's what I want to say. Anytime that we have a surplus of something, Anytime we have a whole bunch of something, we just use it like there's no tomorrow, right? Like, for instance, how many of have ever taken out salt, and I'm not saying about cooking, but you take open the salt shaker and take a little bit and go on and put it back? No, what do you do? You just throw it all around. Oh, I got some on the table. Oh, that's okay. I got more in here, right? How many you do that? Why? Because we have lots of salt, right? I don't think there's a great salt shortage in the world, am I right? I don't think we have, and I know I don't have it. Um, how many of you, how many of you like ketchup? Anybody like ketchup? I love ketchup. I think ketchup deserves to be on ketchup. It's, it's amazing. And my son Judah's gotten it. He puts ketchup on pizza. I don't understand that one, but he does. Um, but it's, it's ketchup. I like ketchup. And, you know, like, I don't put a little bit of ketchup. I'm like right, you know, you know, I do that constantly, it's like, and I shake it, and and I hate those bottles that are red colored now, because you don't know that's half empty, and they mess with you, and you're like, evil people, we need more ketchup, you know, so, I mean, but we, when you have a lot of something like that, but I can tell you, like, if if we forgot to get ketchup, and it's not there, and I've got something, man, I am like, "Mm." the kids say, can I have some ketchup, sure, bloop, there you go, that's, that's, right, because there's not much there. And we live our lives as if there's this incredible eternity here on earth that we just continue to live our lives. We've got tomorrow, we've got next day, we've got next year. We, we make all these plans like it just is never going to end. And I think one thing that at least we in this church and people in this community can recognize, lately we've recognized that we don't know when we have, that our days are numbered in this way. In the book of James, James the brother of Jesus actually tells us that our life is just a mist, just a mist. Many, some people have said, and there's a great poem called "Living in the Dash," that we all are, con- that it's a birth date and a death date, and what we do is in that dash, and that's our life. I've done a lot of ancestry. I've gotten to some of my family back to the 1400s. All right, and guess what? Every one of those people lived, and every one of those people have. A, a date here and a date here. And I. And one of the cool things, because of newspapers and other stuff, I am learning about some people who are in that dash and their lives in that dash. And I find it fascinating about them. But guess what? I really know nothing about who they are. And many people have forgotten them. I was at a, uh, at a um, birthday party the other week, and we were sitting there with some teenagers. And, and I'm going to try something. Don't tell the teenagers around you right now. I'm going to ask you a question. Raise your hand really high if you know the answer to this. If you know who Bob Hope is, raise your hand really high. All right, now look at the age of the people whose hands are down. You are old, okay? I want to tell you. One person said, wasn't he like a singer or something? I'm going to tell you. Now, now um, let me see something here. Uh, how many of you people know who 21 Pilots are? Look at the age of the people who are raising their hands now. Guess what? There will come a time... I'm going to tell you, you will know you're old when nobody has a clue who 21 pilots are, right? How many remember David Cassidy? David Cassidy can go to Walmart now. Nobody would care except for 50-year-old women, right? It's just how it is because that's how life is. There was a time where he couldn't walk out his house. Now he can go anywhere except a senior citizen home. It's okay. You see, we are all part of this terminal disease called life. In Hebrews 9, 27, it's it's not a great refrigerator verse, verse or somebody saying, oh, this is my life verse, but it says this. People are destined to die once and after that face judgment. Yay, that's not happy. But it's true. We need to be reminded of this because we feel like we've just got endless supply of life. We waste it. When we have lots of money, we don't care where the lights are on. When we don't have much money, we're turning everything off and unplugging it. I remember when Melissa got a, um, a job, uh, started working, and I had the joy. Because I used to always, when I was, if I was going north or coming south from like uh, Delaware on 95, I did the Newark wraparound because I was not going to pay that toll. When Melissa got a job, I was like, hallelujah, you're going right through. Right? You've done it too. I know how you are. But then if you don't have some money, man, you're like, mm, right? We do it. We do that. You know, I remember, I believe it was, was it last year we did 30 days to live, one, one month to live. Yeah, we did that study. And we asked the question, how would your life be different if you went to the doctor and the doctor said you have 30 days to live? And the main questions we were asking in that study is, what would you stop doing that you're doing now? And the other thing we said, what would you start doing that you haven't done? And the bottom line is that we came to why wait till you have thirty days because you're not sure of that why not start doing that now? Many people said, oh you know I give more I would spend more time with my family or I I go ahead and I give I I work at the shelter and I do this and I would want to get closer to God in those points why wait or you know what I'd stop doing this I'd stop I'd stop like you know working so much and I'd stop doing why wait because we don't know. We don't know what happens here. I've known people who've had 30 days to live, and they all have a different view of life than most of us who feel like we've got plenty of time. They've, they look at the things that used to matter so much, and they don't matter anymore. You know, we've been reminded so well over the last two weeks, friends that I love dearly, um, a, a sister in Christ who was a founding member of our church, a 13-year-old boy who couldn't swim and falls off a dock in Perryville. The misting of life is so random. It's here and gone. You know, as a teenager, I remember as a teenager, you always felt like it was never going to end. And so that's the first one, many, our days are numbered. Next word, teckle. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and been found wanting. And teckle means weighed. You've been found wanting. In other words, you're not measuring up. That, you know, a lot of us think that I got this life with God, but it's not really in order. It's not really there. So what we, in a sense, do, we allow our lives to get out of balance. Anybody honestly say you've let your life get a little bit out of balance at times? In other words, there's some things that you say you love God and you, and you do some of the right things, but when you look at your schedule, maybe it doesn't show that you love God. Maybe, maybe you have some goblets and some of gold and wood and bronze that you care a little bit more than God. And I'm, I'm not... Hear me, I'm not shooting arrows at you, I'm I'm throwing boomerangs, it's coming back at me. There are things in my life that, you know, I can say I love God, I can serve God, but there are things in my life that when I really look about it, and you really look at my schedule, that I'm serving a little bit more than God. Anybody with me there? And so when we see this, my life is a little bit out of balance. I'm not spending the life God gave me as I should. Now I want to lighten this up a little bit because it's pretty heavy. So I want to give you some things about how the average American spends their time. The average American eats out in a restaurant 14,000, um, 11, 14, 11, 14, 11 times. I'm not a math person, just deal with it, okay? And, and guess this, 1,811 of those are trips to McDonald's. Our quality really stinks. Okay, so... The next thing, we spend 11 hours a day with some sort of digital media, whether it be our phone or whether it be uh, Internet or something else. 11 hours a day. 11. And as you're looking at your phone right now, yes, you are. Let's add to it. In our lifetime, we work from ages 20 to 65. We work consistently for 10.3 years without taking a break. That's 10 years. Over a decade of our life, we are doing nothing but work. We spend 38 hours per year stuck in traffic. I love this one. Ready? Women spend 280 days of their lives deciding what to wear. (laughs) All the men say, amen. Men spend three. Okay. Um, But this is good because men spend 43 minutes a day, 258 hours uh, a year staring at women. Okay? So... (laughs) So keep on going, ladies, keep dressing fine, you know, we'll wait. We'll wait. It's all good. You know, our question is how much can we fit in a day? Because if you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. Maybe saying no sometimes is a good thing. I'm gonna tell you, your life means more. It means more. We need to start asking ourselves stuff through a lens, does this contribute to my purpose? To my purpose. Look at this verse here from Ecclesiastes. It's a great book if you ever read it. It says, it is what? Everybody with me, it is what? It is better to have only a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. In other words, you ever tried to have stuff? Some of you may remember a sermon I did where I gave somebody M&M's. And I put their hands and then tried to get them to do something. That's how we spend our lives, constantly. Constantly doing these kind of things and then trying to chase after stuff that doesn't matter in the, in the whole. All right? Next one, Perez or Parson. It says, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. In other words, Perez or Parson means divided. So if you don't live up to those first two, guess what? There's going to start to be some division. You may begin to lose everything. You may begin to have some of those little things going on in your marriage or in your friendships or other kinds of things. You're starting to see those warning signs because the other stuff, your life's out of balance. And you're living as if you've got forever and forever here on earth. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of juggling stuff. Your hands are full of things. And you're wondering why you're having problems in your marriage. You're wondering why you're having problems at work. You're wondering why your kids aren't paying attention to you um, because you're spending time you know, get, either getting dressed or looking at women. I don't know what you're doing. But you're having all this kind of thought. And see, what he's telling him here is Babylon is about to take over you. And you're in here partying it up like you've got no end to your reign. And so what we tend to do is this. We ignore the signs around us. We pay attention. If we don't pay attention to the first two things, we will end up wasting our time. We will get out of balance, and everything will crumble down. We know this, but often little things that we see little rumblings, like little rumblings come before a big earthquake. You know, the tide starts to go out before the tidal wave comes in. And these are the things that we need to know because we ignore those. One of the most demented videos that you see now is when um, in Thailand when they had the tsunami and the people were going, wow, look at this, and they're walking out further and further saying, wow, this is crazy, not knowing the impending doom that was coming their way that was going to take many of their lives. We ignore that. And what happens is, when we exist in this time, we end up having the risk of more temptation, um, giving, giving in more, the, in other words, sin choices increase, and we begin to fall. One of the consistent things about anybody who's fallen from grace, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a, uh, a uh, politician, whether it's a corporate executive, everybody says they were so stretched to the max that they just broke. Anybody ever seen a bungee cord? You take a bungee cord, you use it, you use it, you use it. Eventually, that sucker snaps. Anybody have one snap on you? When it snaps, you run for the hills because you don't know where it's going. And that's what happens in many of our lives. And Satan loves to smash us when we're down. Second thing that happens in this area is my emotions are inconsistent. Have you ever been like yelling at a car where they can't hear you? I'll be honest, I was today, because I had the slowest person. I think it was Fred Flintstone with his feet out, you know, going, they were so slow coming down the road, and I'm going, would you move? I'm on the way to church. Come on, i got to go do stuff for Jesus. Move your rear end out of my way, you know. And this person just, doo, 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 doo. and, you know, you get by him on 40 when you come off, and you're like, you know, I'm on the way to church, you know. And you do stupid stuff. Wouldn't you love to have a film of you acting like a complete imbecile? I mean, you would go, that's not me. But what happens is when you are stretched to the max, you do stupid stuff. And you do things that's not you. And we become less productive, too. So one of the things, you know, I've been very honest about being with a counselor. And one of the things she keeps telling me is, Jack, you need margin in your life. You need margin in your life. You need to take time. You need to do this. You need margin. You need margin. I say, yeah, but she goes, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear that. And so we keep going through this thing. And so here's what you need to do. You need to sometimes go ahead and just eat with your family at this real strange thing called a table, not a brown bag. You need to take time to do that sometimes. You may even need to go out um, on a date with your spouse. I mean, the women are spending so much time getting dressed. You might as well go. Or maybe you just need to stop everything and just go for a walk with your significant other and see what happens. The last thing is I want to share with you in this section is I can't hear God. And no wonder we can't hear God because our world is not quiet enough to hear God. We want to hear God speak to us but yet we've got so many things in our ears. Look at what this scripture says from Psalm 46.10. It says, be still and know that I am God. In other words, sometimes it's comes time to turn off 11 hours of social media. Sometimes it's okay to turn off the phone and not answer. Sometimes we need to turn our ears on and connect with God rather than what Mary up the road says about her yard sale or whatever, right? And you know the other thing about social media? It will make you mad because there's some stupid people on there. And some of those people just want to make you mad. Right? And other people. And then you start to do the sin of comparison. And it's just a bad thing at times. There's some awesome things. Don't get me wrong. Because some of people are watching right now. Good thing is Haven Church um, online. But what I'm saying is, don't make that be our God of wood or gold or over our Lord Savior. Right? And we do that. Okay? Daniel, chapter 5. Here we go. Heading down this home stretch. 29. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed with purple and a gold chain was given to him and placed around his neck. And he proclaimed... Um, the third highest in the kingdom, that very night, Belshazzar, look at that, that very night. See, Belshazzar didn't heed the warnings, and that very night, Belshazzar and the Babylonians, Belshazzar was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. He didn't heed the warnings, and he was saying, my life, hey, I got more days, eat, drink, be merry, boom, boom, it's awesome. And I'm not saying that's not good things. We get those things in life. So what do we learn? Here we go, in high gear on the end part here. We need to live with a sense of purpose and urgency. Live with a sense of purpose and urgency. If our days are numbered and our life matters, and if you heard nothing else I say today, your life matters. Your life matters to me, it matters to God. This week I actually had to talk with someone who was suicidal. And to try to talk to them about how their life matters. And just to help them get a glimpse of that their life really matters. And so God... Gave you the gift of yourself, so give the gift of yourself back to the Lord. Seek God and discover to live your purpose. The two best days in your life are the day you were born and the day you decided why you were for a purpose. You need to discover, and that's what church is about. Church isn't just about, oh, that's nice. Church is about to discover God, to grow in the Lord, and to find out your purpose for Him. Because your dash is incomplete without that relationship with God. And we need to learn that. Urgency. Today, make a difference in someone's life. It's something I pray every day. It's something I say, God, I want to make a difference in someone's life. If I can get up and I can share something, if I can smile at someone, if I can um, pray with someone, if I can encourage someone, no matter what it is, I'll be glad to do. One time I was encouraged somebody who was really, really down. And they had been in school for a long, long time, and they couldn't figure out. They said, I'm getting nowhere, and they were super down. And I had them talk to somebody who knew how to figure out, like an advisor, and figure stuff out. They found out that next year, if they take seven classes, or the the next year, if they take seven classes, they will have three majors completed. You see, they couldn't see everything, but when it was focused in order to make a difference, that they can see that they're valuable and can make a major contribution in life. Look at Psalm 139, 4 through 5. It says, Lord, remind me about how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeting away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is about a breath. We're reminded about how how precious life is. Second thing, put first things first time and order. We need to put the most important things first. Now, one of the things that I, I... When I have to do what I like to do, I used to have a CRX. Anybody remember CRX? Little cars that had no space. And we went to college. And so, um, you can you can tell her. She'll yell at me later. Um, but when Melissa and I went to school, like I always made sure things were in a box or so that you could stack them and put them together and you could fit stuff in different places. Melissa just throws things in a box and puts it in there. And so it was always very frustrating because... You can't put some things in there. So for instance, if you clean out a shed or a garage and you go to put it in, what do you put in first? The big things, right? You put the big things in and then you put the little stuff. So for instance, if you have a toolbox, one of those big toolboxes, you don't put the screwdrivers and the wrenches in first and then move in the the toolbox and say it doesn't fit. It doesn't work that way. You need to put the big stuff in first. And so what I'm telling you here today, what I believe God wants us to do, is put the big things in your life first. Put family, put God, put those things first in your life, and then everything else will work in that way. How do I know that? Let's look at what it says in Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Or in other words, it says, teach us what we need to learn. Help us to, another version of this says, help us to spend them as we should. You see, wisdom is putting God first. It means you're here today, so you're putting God first in your week. Put God first in your day, your week, your month, your year, your life, and the first of everything. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which said, Seek first. What does it say? Seek what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you as well. You know, I can get the wrenches. I can get the go-kart the wheels. I can get the lug nuts in there. Once I put the go-kart and the, uh, the car and the uh, toolbox in there, I can fit the rest of the stuff in my life if I put God first, is what I'm saying. Put God first in my life. There's a challenge of that in our life to have balance because order determines capacity. I think you saw me that one time when I had a jar up here and I, we had rocks in and, and then you try to pack it in. If you put the sand in and then put the rocks in, you can't get them in. But if you put the rocks in first, the bigger rocks, and then you pour the sand in, you can get it in. It's just how it happens. We need order. It's capacity. So when my life is out of balance, I have issues. And the last thing I want to tell you is the best thing. If you have any of these warning signs in your life, if, you have any of, if anything is like clicked with you to here today, do it now. Don't put it off. Do it now. I believe God is speaking to you right now. Our worship team's going to come up. And here on Father's Day, our daddy God is not going to let you go. My dad told me one time. My dad told me one time this. When I was uh, living Jack Coe in the lost years, just to let you know. Um, when my dad told me one time, he said, and some of you have heard this before, he looked at me and he said, Jack... God's never going to leave you, but one day He's going to let you go. And as a 19, 20-year-old kid, I was like, Psh, whatever. But that stuck with me somewhere in my spirit because here's the thing. As a good parent and a good, good father, as we opened up in the countdown today with, God is going to love me unconditionally, but there are going to be repercussions to my actions at some point in life. You know? I can't go out and do a mass shooting spree and then say, sorry, God, forgive me. He'll forgive me if I'm earnest about it, but I'm still going to have to deal with the repercussions from that, right? You know, when my, when my kids don't do what they're supposed to do, then they learn that there's repercussions from it. For instance, pain. When we have pain, it tells us that something's coming on. That it's a warning sign. Pain is good. That's what I tell my kids. You're going to get this and you're going to remember. Pain is good, right? You know? And that's so that I can protect them, and so that they live lives that are successful in life, not only in this world, in this culture, but for God. You see, don't ignore the signs, so you don't end up having your kingdom in ruin. Our last scripture verse is this, from 2 Corinthians chapter 6. It says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor, meaning this is the time that God is ready to do something awesome for you. You know how sometimes your parents are like, in their, they're in a good mood, and they're ready to do something good for you? Like you can ask anything at that point. That's where God is right now. That's where God is right now as we're here. And now is the time of salvation. So what I want to ask, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask everybody to stand up if you will today. Stay. There is a war that is going on for your life. Between culture, which is by the prince of this world, his name is Lucifer or Satan, and for yourself. And you say, okay, what's my part in this? And I'm going to give you, it's a very easy part. All you have to do is this, surrender. Say God, you know I've been living my life, and you know that I don't know. There may be something tragic in your life that has hit you and jolted you. There may be just you're just in this melancholy mood. You may be just erratic in your behavior. You're yelling at people in cars that can't hear you. You're screaming at the kids. You're you're just out of your mind at times. You don't know what you're doing. And you say God, I've tried it this way, and I can't do it anymore. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to I'm going to tell you, put up or shut up, and I'm going to trust in you. I'm just going to surrender. I'm going to surrender everything I got here, all the mess that it is. So if you bow your heads right now, I just want to lead you in a prayer. God, there's all of us who are here right now. At some, at some part on the road of this journey called life, some of us are hearing and really coming to realization with the fact with all the loss that we've had in family and friends and in our church family, we look and we go, gosh, we're jolted that life is just but a breath. So what am I going to do with a dash? What is my purpose here, God? Speak your words of life to them. God, let them know that you were not created just to be here, but we were created for eternity. The way that we enter where you want us to be is through a relationship with you, a relationship with our Savior and Lord. And all we need to do is say, Jesus, I've messed up. My life is in shambles around me. Sometimes because of what I've done and sometimes not because I've done anything. But I've been living in this life and I need you. I've been putting my trust in things that, are, that, are, that have no life in them and I've been neglecting the life giver. So right now, God, I need you to breathe life into my life. I need a savior. And Jesus, you're it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up my heart and my life and say, I want you to move in a special way. I want you to make yourself more real to me. Make yourself more real to me as my daddy. Make yourself more real to me in every day that I get up. And others here may have made that commitment so long ago, but you and God aren't good. You're all, you've been apart from each other for a while, or you're just like not in a good place with him right now. That's Okay. Scripture is full of people who are angry with God and frustrated with God. And guess what? As I told somebody the other day, I've been doing a lot of arguing with God lately about how things should be done. And God listens and eventually tells me, I love you, Jack, but my ways are not your ways. And so here's what I'm going to tell you, Jack. You lose the argument every time because I'm God. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to love you through every ounce of your sorrow. I'm going to love you through every ounce of pain. I'm going to love you for when you make mistakes. I'm going to be here for you. Because that one day when I call you home, I'm going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm going to say, come on in, son. I love you. So God, we right now here are opening up our hearts and our lives for whatever you have for us. Our our Stephen ministers are going to come up. And they're going to be available for prayer, as I will. But God, mostly on this Father's Day, we want to go to Abba, Daddy. Have you move in the heart of your children here today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Couple things, um, real quick, before we head out. Um, we want everybody to have a great Father's Day. Number one. Um, the other thing was, I, I just um, God just told me, but um, I don't know that somebody was um, is looking for a sign, and He's going to give you one today or this week. Okay, so whatever that means, go with it, roll with it. Let us know because um, God's like that. God does some cool things. Um, so um, that's pretty pretty awesome. But I have an awesome thing. The other thing is, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess, and it tells us all hell shudders. When, at the mention of the name of Jesus. Embrace the name of Jesus. Love the name of Jesus. Love Jesus. And, um, and we'll, we'll be hanging around if you got anything else you need, right? He loves music. Um, next week, stop the insanity, okay? Sound like a good one? Uh, stop the insanity. Uh, say hi to someone and have an awesome week. May God, the Father, um, and the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit be upon you now and forevermore. Everybody says, amen. amen. See you.